Welcome in once again, Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. Our next guest is Vivian Jiang, and she is an expert on the global economy as an executive with Deloitte Asia Pacific and has advice for companies considering going global. Also, she believes that home and work are equally important. You're going to love this talk. And I was still having a little bit of trouble with my Skype when I recorded this interview, so you're going to find some minor hits in the audience. Audio, but not enough to disrupt the content. Also, if you'd like to contribute to this podcast and Athena International, we now have it set up and you can get this on the top of the homepage at womenreallymeanbusiness.com. But for a way for you to contribute either five or $10 a month, and you'll get extras not available to anyone else. And at the $10 level, you can get this podcast earlier than anybody else does. So check it all out at the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com. But without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. It is number 51. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I am Jeff Bolitnikoff, and yes, we are truly international, and I have a woman that is on a holiday right now. It is a holiday as we record this in China, and she has graciously agreed to talk to me later at night as I record this, her time in China on holiday So very much appreciate this great leader, Vivian Jiang. She is a Deloitte Asia Pacific Clients and Industries leader, Deloitte China Deputy Chair Lady, Executive Member of Deloitte Global Clients and Industries Committee, and leader of Deloitte China's Women of Impact program. That is a lot of stuff. You have a lot of experience that has brought you to that point, Vivian, and I appreciate you spending time with us on the podcast this week. Well, thank you, Jeff, uh, for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity to share some of my uh, journey and hopefully some part of the conversation today will leave some reflections and positive impacts with any of you who's listening. Thank you. No, it's great. And maybe you could explain exactly what uh, Deloitte does and your role, your experience, your bio, all that stuff is frequent listeners to this podcast know I give the floor to the guest to have her expand on her journey and her experience and would like to give the floor to you to open up the podcast. And again, welcome, Vivian. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Jeff. So the floor is mine? The floor is yours. (laughs) Okay, great. Yeah, maybe let me start by introducing Deloitte. Deloitte is the largest professional services firm in the world. We have now over close to 300,000 people around the world. Pretty much everywhere our business operates around the world, we have an office. And we have been in that leading position for the last three years. And I'm based in Shanghai, obviously Shanghai, Shanghai, China, and this is my hometown. Uh, I'm a tax professional by training, been with uh, the organization for over, I was just counting years, 25 years. 
joined the firm uh, from back in 1995 in the U.S. So uh, maybe a little bit about uh, myself and then my role in the organization. I was born and raised in Shanghai and went to the States in 1990 and spent 10 years in the States, finished my undergrad and graduate program, and then joined the firm uh, Deloitte uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, actually, back in 1995. So Deloitte is it's sort of my third job, but the previous two all with very short period of time. So this is really at the firm that I work for my life and I hope to retire in that firm. I have really started with the, the, the career being a auditor. Uh, I'm not sure how much you're familiar with that. Uh, maybe I can explain a bit later, but really um, in, in a financial uh, area and then move on to be a tax professional, really to be an advisor to large transactions that that company does when they acquire businesses. So I'm a tax professional focused on M&A transactions. So back uh, in 2000, when I came back to China after you know being away for 10 years, I joined a firm here in China, uh, which was just starting. Because the China uh, practice of Deloitte at that time, 2000, was probably around only 100, 150 people. And now we are about 20,000 people just in China alone. So this is a huge uh, growth journey for the firm. Obviously, I had opportunity to participate and contribute to that journey. And it's been a very exciting journey for me professionally. And on the family side, I uh, have a happy family. Uh, celebrate 23rd years of marriage uh, with my dear husband just recently with two daughters. Uh, Jennifer, uh, who is in the junior year in college, uh, major in biotech. And Emily, my 15 years old, uh, 10th grade, and hoping to be a psychologist. I think that's what she's thinking about. My role in the organization right now is um, uh, we run this uh, big organization really by regions, you know, the, the European region, the Americas, and then the Asia Pacific. So I'm sit on the Asia Pacific executive team of 20. And I'm managing really the whole market clients and large client programs, large industry programs that are serving our clients. So I guess that's a very quick intro of uh, my uh, my bio. Maybe a few things uh, about myself in addition to really the professional life that I'm leading. I'm very passionate about really putting a lot of time into the public advisory area, particularly in China and Asia Pacific. That what I mean is that uh, as, a, as, as a professional, we get to meet and serve many of the companies that's uh, really growing in Asia Pacific and particularly in China. And uh, the way of doing business obviously is emerging and government really needs a lot of uh, input from the business in terms of um, educating them how business are conducted and how to create uh, a, a friendly business environment in terms of uh, regulations and policies. So being a role in, in a professional firm like that, we actually are in a natural position to provide input to, to regulation uh, draftings and getting input from the businesses. So that's uh, really also a very important thing that I do and also the firm does a lot in the public advisory space. The third area that I'm passionate about and the firm actually believe it's, it's, it's a great place for us to place ourselves as a firm is really 
education because um, as you could imagine when I was talking about when I'm back in China, I was back in China 2000, the, the professional service industry was still very uh, immature, still is immature at this moment. But after really about uh, 19 years or 20 years of development, the profession has been maturing. But all those talents coming out of school really uh, need to understand what the profession is all about, what kind of value we're providing to businesses when they grow. And so we teach a lot in university in terms of uh, career uh, development, in terms of what is it's uh, what it looks like to work in a professional services firm, what it looks like to be an uh, accountant, a uh, tax professional, strategist, uh, you know, any of those roles, uh, a lawyer even being. So we actually bring a lot of cases back on campus. So um, uh, bring to even the MBA programs or any of the undergrad or graduate programs. So I personally teach a lot uh, on campus. Uh, normally over the weekend, that's where we teach. But the firm actually also does a lot uh, in that area. So um, the way the firm position, uh, the Lloyd position ourselves is not just being a commercial organization, but really to be a training ground for professionals and also be uh, community uh, contributors and also public advisors to really um, help even the government to, um, to in terms of regulation. So, and I really obviously believe in that impact that the firm is making and uh, putting myself in their shoes and doing a lot of those in addition to uh, my day, day job, so to speak. So that's about me. Well, there's a lot there. And one of the questions <laughs> that bubbles up right now for me is, since you've spent time in the U.S. and China, and you truly have a global view of things, as we were talking off the air, you you pretty much travel every week. You're always gone. And so what would you like business leaders to know that are listening to this about the opportunity they have in the new global economy? Yeah, this is a, a fantastic um, uh, question. Uh, when I sometimes look at um, the business and looking at the opportunity that's been presenting to the business every day, obviously there's also a lot of challenges. I actually feel we are fortunate to to be in this era. Uh, the era that you look around, there are opportunities everywhere, whether it's looking at the market itself with the uh, consumer market continue to expand around the globe, particularly Asia Pacific, and look at the population that's been growing, look at the demand and needs everywhere uh, from education to healthcare to, you know, anything that you can think about and look at the digital uh, transformational impact that's been making on how business are run and how consumers are buying products and how stuff are made. Uh, and then, you know, our profession, our service profession, I even think it's in a better position because the more complex the business environment is, which is very complex, for example, it's pretty much all global, it's pretty much all uh, or are very much IT enabled, it's very much all changing all the time, regulation environment is very complex. The more complex that business environment or economic environment is, the more demand that you need for services firms like us to provide support to companies when they are staying ahead. So I sometimes think that my job 
job really is to make others to be successful, right? I will, uh, you know, what Deloitte does, if I use a simple word is, you know, how do we um, enable and empower other business to be successful? And this global economy obviously presents tremendous amounts of opportunity, obviously a lot of challenges, a lot of complexities, but that's the world we're living in. And so that's the world that um, business operates, and that's what excites me. But I, I think the most sort of a challenging thing, obviously, is the varying differences in terms of regulations, in terms of uh, geopolitical situation, in terms of uh, consumer behaviors, in terms of business uh, landscapes that in each of the economies are operating. And if you want to truly to be international, you really need to be spending time really uh, seeing and believing. Uh, seeing is believing. You've got to spend time in those places and talking to the people and working through with them, understanding you know, their, uh, their perspectives and to appreciate their perspective, sometimes respect their perspective in order to uh, find a way to work uh, with, um, you know, many of the players uh, in, in the, uh, around the world. So I think if you do that, and, and I think if you view global economy to be the largest playground you can play, if you find your competitive edge, uh, whether it's a, it's, a, it's a profit or non-for-profit and whether it's a professional service or professionals like me or any other business operators, I think I go back to the point that I feel, I feel very fortunate to live in this era, uh, which we face so many uh, opportunities. But it's exciting to really travel around the world and to look at how operational sort of um, opportunities are everywhere. I'm going to read something from your bio right now. And it says she is a frequent writer and public speaker on investment, finance and tax, among other major business topics in reputable publications and influential forums. And you've been voted as the world's leading tax advisor, world's leading women in business law and women in tax leaders for consecutive years. So there's a lot of stuff there and expertise, I should say. And if you had maybe a couple points that you'd like to make to business leaders <laughs> listening right now as far as investment, finance, tax, all the things you talk about, what are some things you might want to tell them? Oh, wow. That's, uh, okay, let me think about that. Pretty big question, um, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very, very big question. But uh, I think this is something very interesting because I often sometimes feel very challenging to explain what I do to people. And I think a lot of people may have that problem, but like a lawyer or or a doctor, they can relatively easy to explain what they do. So my little kids, when they were little, they always ask like, mom, what did you do? So I was figured whether I can use, you know, one or two sentences to to describe what I do. Actually, it's very difficult. So as I was saying, I think um, being a professional really is, again, is to try to use our expertise to help people to have a more comprehensive view of, of analysis of all the decision-making process, right? Uh, for example, coming back from the U.S. to China back in the 2000 uh, years, um, if you have some background about China's uh, reform and the open up and all the things that happen in China, that's where a lot of foreign investment coming to China. So what we do is try to explain and to provide a lot of data point analysis to foreign investors who come here for the first time, understanding what are the regulations, what are the things you need to be aware of. Um, do you need to find a joint venture partner to do business? Uh, what does the market looks like? How do you operate? 
So we really help them to be successful coming to a new country. So, you know, in a summary, I would say uh, is that you need to really find someone who really understands the local market to be with you, whether it's a partner or it's a third-party advisors. So uh, tax is one area, finance another area, any regulatory uh, environment you have to be dealing with. So you need to find someone who can really help you to do that because coming to a foreign country, you need help to understand that landscape in order to uh, sort of navigate into that. So professional services is doing basically that, is to help companies being their partners to help them to be successful. And of course, we're going to put your contact information in our resources section because I'm assuming that people listening right now, if they're thinking of going global, then you and your firm can offer something to them, as you just said. That definitely, yeah. So Deloitte is, a, again, it's a 175-year-old firm. It's the largest professional services firm. One of the key advantages of a firm like that is that, that global network. So uh, what's headline sometimes for companies going global is we go global with you, right? We go global together with you, no matter where you go, whether you're coming from the U.S. to China to Asia Pacific or you're having uh, from China going to uh, the rest of the world. You really need someone be with you anywhere you go. And we have offices, we have local expertise everywhere to help you to enter that market, to help you to be successful, to set up your businesses, to do your strategy, to help with you with your, all your M&As and to take you to IPOs. So we really cover the whole life cycle of a company from the first setup to really uh, expanding your operations and getting larger or, uh, and then acquire somebody else or continue to move on or things like that. So yes, you really need a good brand like us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, before we get to the Athena-based questions and start rounding into the latter part of the interview, I'm going to read another item from your bio. And I want you to expand on this because I found it very interesting. And it really talks about striking that balance and giving back. And I'm just going to read this and then I'll have you respond to it. Vivian is dedicated to the profession, inspiring everyone around her with her strong passion. She cares deeply about the people and always makes every effort in making Deloitte a big family for all colleagues. She is also generous in giving back to the society and helping those in need. Vivian sets a great example of a woman leader who enjoys work life harmony with a successful career, a happy family and a graceful lifestyle. I, I just love that paragraph and I would love you to expand on that because there's a lot of great stuff there. Oh, thank you. Uh, let me just a, a few points on that is uh, I'm a firm believer that we do what we love and we have to love what we do and we do what we love. So passion to me is very important. I'm again, I'm repeating myself to say that I'm fortunate to find a, a profession or a career that's very much growing and with no limits, basically. To me, it's a limited opportunity in the professional services firm around the world, particularly in Asia Pacific, because it's emerging. And I'm fortunate to somehow find the law in my firm, who I devoted 25, my, 25 years of my life to be in, and then uh, work in an area that I like and try to uh, make some impact in, in things that I do. Uh, for example, 
for the 15 years that I came back, 15 years, 20 years now, from, since I came back to, to China, I saw the firm grow from really um, small firms, you know, 100, 150 people to over 20,000 people. And I have a, played a role into that. You know, I helped the firm to expand to different locations. I helped recruit. Uh, we spend a lot of time on campus. Um, try to educate what is the profession look like back you know 20 years ago where actually nobody really understand what that is they only understand big four they think big four is a big name but they don't understand what that really entails so you know every person you know we got in actually it grew and they all grew together with me so I put in you know every my heart and soul into what I do and then because I'm in the tax area Tax is also an area that's been very underestimated or under sort of underrepresented in a way that uh, people think tax is so special, so sort of a specialized area and doesn't have a lot of marketability of it. But if you think about tax, tax is really the result of any business transaction. You have to have a you have to have a very strong business acumen. And then standing transaction, understand how company make money, understanding numbers. And you also, also needs to be a, a very good sort of a law uh, reader because you know, tax law is a law. So you, it's a very diversified background that you're looking for people to, to really focus on tax. And back then, you know, over 20 years back, really nobody understands tax. So we can't, we won't be able to recruit anyone because nobody think, don't understand what that career was. So I spent lots of time, just as an example, really uh, with the team to educate uh, on campus and just let them people understand what tax is all about and bring something interesting cases into the programs of what they are teaching so that people really understand what this profession is all about, understand the value of it. And then gradually, you know, we have more people really attract to this profession. And Deloitte uh, had this very famous uh, championship, we call Deloitte Tax Championship, in China on the mainland. I think this year was probably around 15 or 16 years of doing this. It's a yearly championship. It's a way that we're collecting, getting you know, pretty much everybody now on the mainland, every university uh, to, to participate uh, with a view to promote tax education. And by doing so, I get to talk to, I get to do a lot of things with students and together with the team and creating cases and doing lectures and just basically lots of things to try to you know, promote a tax profession on the mainland. Uh, and I think by doing that, I feel I'm contributing to my, uh, my professional passion to, to this career. And I Along the way, you know, I get a lot of uh, people who actually, a lot of young people who actually sign up to be uh, with the firm, with, with other firm actually doesn't matter really to the profession, uh, to the tax profession uh, is the most important thing. So there are a lot of people that I mentor throughout uh, the last you know, 10 years or so. These people, some of them already become partners of uh, another firm or somewhere else or in my own firm. So I look back the 20 years I spent, you know, uh, in, in China and I can cite new examples where I love what I do and I and try to sort of expand that passion and to influence others because I think this is a very good career and this is a very good firm this is a very good profession that you need to be in and by doing that I feel I'm making some differences so that's really you know one side of it on the woman related topics obviously 
I am also a firm believer that you know, people sometimes look at me saying you're a superwoman. I truly am not. I think I'm not just ordinary person, but I do appreciate, again, the multiple roles that life has given us, you know, a girl, a lady. I wanted to be a beautiful girl and a beautiful lady and a confident lady and a wife. And I wanted to be a sweet wife to my husband, a mom. I wanted to be a caring mom for my kids and a capable profession uh, and a passionate person. I think these roles are, are really life has given us and I wanted to enjoy every one of them. I sometimes feel people spend too much time trying to try to say to themselves they can't do them all. But I feel, you know, you have to find the reason in each of them and, and try to enjoy each of them because this is really a, a God's gift. It's a gift in life that you get. So I wanted to cherish every role that I have and I wanted to find a way that I could be a better self just by enjoying those roles. So to me, really having a successful career and having a good life really is equally important. I sometimes don't like people ask me a question about, you know, when I go to speech and go to panels and go to different places, people always ask me, how do you balance your work and life? Jeff, I don't know if you ask this question, but I'm just going to tell you. I no, that's, like that's great. I, I'm sure a lot of listeners would just love your perspective on this. Yeah, people always ask me this question. I, I'm actually at a point where I will tell the audience that I will answer this question, but I hope you will also ask this question to any uh, male panelists because I feel this question is always being sort of amplified uh, when it comes to a, a, a female person. It's as if we are the only person that have a work-life balance issue. I feel it's actually a family issue, right? It's really not just a woman issue. But anyway, I, the way I will answer this is I feel you just have to integrate it. I use the word uh, harmony, the, the word that you, you would just read uh, my, my bio from. I actually don't like the word balance because the balance sometimes feels like it's opposite side has conflicts and it's, uh, it's difficult to reconcile. To me, because I like what I do, because I sort of work all the time and I also enjoy them a lot and with the people at work and with my families. And so I feel that I'm quite integrated well, my, my work life and my community life and my personal life. So it's really finding that harmony that where you feel comfortable and where you don't feel guilty and where you um, make proper arrangements for different things and to make it happen. And I also don't think time is squeezed. People always say, you know, um, how do you squeeze your time out of your life to do this and that? I said, no, I don't think it's squeezed. It's really arranged. But once you arrange your schedule, everything actually does happen. So there was one, because people always ask me, like, do you, you exercise? And sometimes we chat about this. I say, I don't, because I'm just... And they, well, when I say I don't, and people normally will respond, say, oh, because you're busy. I say, no, not because I'm busy, because I don't want to. <laughs> if, if I do, I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just sometimes feel lazy. Right? That's not my way of keep fit. I do other things. I just don't go to the gym. But people always find that, you know, say, because you're busy. I say, no, if I want to do something, I put it on schedule, things happen. If I don't put on schedule, things won't happen because, you know, I think, again, go back to my point of time is arranged, time is scheduled, time is never squeezed. So, yeah, I, I think I, I enjoy my life. I feel all those roles and all those activities is part of life. Um, you know, this is make my life 
complete and, and full. And I want to enjoy each one of them. And I don't want to give myself pressure always grading myself, like which role do I do better versus the others? And, you know, other people can judge me and grade me, but I, I don't want to. And I feel I'm doing okay. And I think going back to the point is you've got to stay positive and confident and be happy about it. All right. Well, that's a uh, wonderful answer <laughs> to that paragraph on your bio. And that, that was great. Thank you. And let's head into some Athena-based questions here. Got a couple of them for you. The first one is there are eight Athena leadership principles from the book Becoming Athena, Eight Principles to Enlightened Leadership by Athena International founder Martha Mertz. And by the way, if you don't have that book yet, you should definitely get it talking to the listeners now. It's an awesome, awesome book. And Vivian, your principle to comment on, and I think this is perfect for you, is build relationships. What does that mean to you? Yeah, well, I read the book, and I think the the eight Athena leadership principles and attributes are really fantastic. It's a way of uh, looking at the individual and how, you know, we could um, reflect and always be a better self, and it's a very good leadership read. And going back to the principle of building relationships, you know, just as as a person, obviously, we are in the professional services firm, so, you know, we're in the people business. The only asset we have is our talent, our team, our people. We don't even own anything. And we serve our clients, but also people. So really, we, we are dealing with people all the time. We are in the people business. So when i was thinking about building a relationship, it's actually is very similar to the leadership question because you know, a leader has to have followers. Otherwise, you don't lead for anything. And in order to create that followership, you need to really build that trust. You need to build that commitment to each other. You need to build that collaborative sort of environment where people are willing to share, willing to speak out, and willing to um, really uh, work together as a collective sort of a, a diversified a group. So it's all about... Uh, really, how do you uh, create that bonding relationship along the way? So I, and I can put this into many uh, aspects about the professional relationship uh, that I'm building throughout my career uh, with the firm and in a lot of the public service uh, uh, thing that we do. In that perspective, sometimes uh, my reflection is um, uh, sometimes the touching, the most touching sort of respect or, or trust you can get in a team is when you make mistakes, when when people are not pointing finger at you, uh, but they are working together with you to try to uh, reflect that mistake and move on with a better solution. That you can sometimes I sometimes tell to myself, you know, I do have a very a close and trusting relation with this team because uh, we all think about, you know, for everybody's benefit and we don't have a very selfish mode and we don't point to fingers when people are in crisis. So sometimes I have a, a touching feeling when it comes to that. Uh, and obviously in, in a personal relationship uh, uh, with the family is that, again, I go back to uh, sort of uh, that trust. You know, I trust my kids, you know, will take care of themselves. They actually are very independent. I trust their ability and I trust that they look at me and look at my husband, look at our work to be uh, something rewarding to the family, meaning that they can learn from us. 
and I can learn from them. So it's really a, a sort of mutual, uh, mutual trusting relationship that I'm building. And for my you know community service work, and I do foundation work that I do outside, really is uh, create that mentorship or younger, whether it's um, uh, uh, students or, or young uh, professionals who's just entering into the professional life. Is again, is that influence and trust uh, that they can rely on me to provide them with my genuine feeling and, and, and about themselves and about what I feel. Uh, so it's it's really about how do we continue to create that environment to neutral that diversity and neutral that inclusive in terms of building that relationship. And I think having that trust, having that inclusive and diversified relationship really will get you to the leadership position because leadership is all about followership and all about inference and about making things together and commit to each other. And I think throughout the course of this interview, you have beautifully answered, and it's been weaved all throughout this podcast as to how you're developing leaders, not only women leaders, but men leaders as well. You're very intentional about that. So I think that we've covered that great. So we can, in a great way, I should say, and I think we can head into the resources question. And what are some resources that inspire you? What are some things you might want to pass on to the professionals that are listening right now? Yeah, maybe before that resource question, uh, maybe uh, to amplify a little bit about that, but that support system resources to me is, is where you get some support. I think, again, I think uh, uh, Deloitte is an organization that I really believe in what we call all in. All in is a concept of inclusive and diversified culture, which uh, gender is only one of the aspects. It includes you know, all aspects of diversity uh, to only when you have that diversified team from different backgrounds, from different ethnic groups, from, you know, from genders where you can have a high-performing you know, organization. And we do have lots of resources in, in the organization, actually, to help our, our uh, leaders, uh, men or women, to advance and to uh, enhance their leadership abilities. And there are a lot of the, the mentoring group that we had with outside of organization from different um, uh, industries, I think is very helpful. Because my, uh, one of my mentors, I have three, I sometimes was thinking about, you know, how, who's my um, sort of mentors. One of those mentors was, you know, uh, back in the U.S. days, um, a, a woman CEO, and she actually is not in that profession, but she gave me a very different perspective on um, you know, how to really run an organization, how to be confident to be a woman. So these are, I think, are all very, very much resource uh, that's out there, whether it's in the organization or in the community that people should draw their focus on. And it comes to um, other resources, I do read quite a bit. Cat Talks is also good. Uh, one of the books I uh, very recently actually was called Woman Leadership in Emerging Markets, featuring 46 women leaders. Uh, people maybe uh, can search on the internet for that. This one is quite interesting to me. It talks about women leadership, but also talks about particularly in emerging markets. And because, again, 
uh, although the, the the issue is universal, the challenge sometimes is universal. You know how women leadership can continue to be empowered and to to take on. Uh, but I think in, in emerging markets, particularly in Asia Pacific, some of the challenges could be um, uh, also quite unique and diversified. So I encourage people to to read things like that, so that we continue to have the appreciation of the different perspectives, even uh, even in the different markets. All right. Well, we start with the guest and we end with the guest and I would like to and it's been a very interesting conversation I really appreciate you spending all this time with me today first of all it's a holiday and as we record this in China and also you're an extremely busy person so one last question gonna pass the mic on to you and give you the floor and have you talked to the listeners as to whatever you want to talk to them about and how you would like to end the podcast so uh, vivian the floor is yours well thank you jeff uh, as i was uh, beginning by saying i obviously very appreciate the opportunity to to share my uh, lifelong journey and to share some of my thinking along the way. How do I make choices? And I always am also very open wanting to hear others because I think we can draw strength and perspective from that conversation. So I hope today's conversation could leave you with some reflection about you know how you would make choices in your life, whether it's a job, whether it's the contribution, uh, whether it's impact, whether it's around um, lives. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think I will uh, say that everyone can make a difference in life. Reflecting on what you do every day and looking at how small, how little sometimes that you are making differences, but that's the difference you are making, uh, whether it's helping others, whether it's contributing to the communities. And I think if we all making a difference and making an impact, I think we will in a better sort of environment and better lives and will be a better self. And the last thing I will say is we as a woman, we are fortunate to be given so many roles and we need to shine. We want to shine every role and confidence is what we need to have. And we should be very confident to everything that we do. So I will leave with this uh, sentence. Confidence is sexy. Wear it daily. You will be a better self every day. Thank you. That is awesome. What a great way to end the interview. And Vivian Jiang of Deloitte, and you are truly a global leader, and you truly have a great perspective on everything. And so enjoyed our conversation. I know our listeners did. And thank you so much for spending all this time with Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International. Thank you so much, Jeff. And thank you, everyone. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, we'll talk with Saida Floyd, or she just shortens it to Z. She overcame a lot of struggles and just kept working. Her 24 to 48 hour rule and story will inspire you if you're in a tough situation as she has become a success and now it is important for her to give back to others. Here's a little bit from Z. It is okay to feel sad. It is okay to feel overwhelmed, but I only allow myself 24 to 48 hours to feel that way. And I do that because I feel like we really need to own how we feel and recognize that. And once I do that and I've been in that space, I say, okay, 
that is it. I am done. <laughs> I have, you know, in my mind, right, I have played a little bit of a victim role, and I'm not saying it in a judging way, but just for myself. And I have validated these feelings, but you know what? That is not going to get me to the next level. We would love to have you in our Facebook group. Plus, could you like our Facebook page too? Put Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International into your Facebook search bar and help us positively shape this podcast.